What is up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Bleeding B&G Podcast, episode 88. So I guess we can call this our Pierre Garçon episode. And to give you a timestamp, as I do for all episodes, today is Wednesday, August the 9th, and it is about 9 p.m. And before we get any further into this episode, if you're checking us out on YouTube, be sure to comment, be sure to like, be sure to subscribe. We're about 75% to 1K. And remember, I told you, we got something special for that 1K giveaway. So make sure that you're subscribed because nobody else in the Washington Commander community is doing this. Promise you. I promise you. And I'm not here to hype it up. Make sure we get the 1K so I can reveal what we're going to be doing for that 1K giveaway. Um, But as I said, today is August 9th, and guys, we are in the nitty-gritty of camp. It is week three, and the Commanders just finished day 13 of Commanders training camp, and our first preseason game against the Cleveland Browns is two days away. It's two days away, so there's one more training camp practice before the... uh, Yeah, there's one more training camp practice before they'll travel Thursday night... um, Um, on the way to Cleveland to play on Friday. So I'm not going to give you a training camp coverage. We weren't boots on the ground like we were supposed to be. You know, some things came up, but I got another um, special type of episode for you guys today. So I wanted to check in on the Washington Commanders, and I wanted to give you the four players whose stocks have risen throughout Washington Commanders training camp. So like I said, today's um, episode, we're going to be giving you the four players that have stood out throughout camp. It's three weeks of camp. There's 13 practices. There's 13 practice sessions, and some guys have been putting out some good film. And I think that this is big enough sample size where I can finally say, like, all right, this is a guy that we're going to be looking out for in the season to be potentially breaking out and things like that. So today's episode, I'm going to give you our four commanders whose stock has risen since the beginning of training camp 2023. And for our breakdown, if you look at our breakdown, we have three offensive players and we have one defensive player. I wasn't shocked when I did that breakdown because we're expect we're expecting the defense to be dominant. So I don't think any guy that's going to uh, or too many guys that's going to contribute on that defense. I don't think that they're going to shock me. Um, and I think that their stock is just you know where the where the, where it was at. Their their stock is pretty steady. We expect expected them to dominate coming into camp. And for the most part, especially like that front four, they've dominated and things like that. So for number four, we're going to go with right guard Samuel Cosme. And yes, I say it right guard. This is a guy that had played right tackle um, his prior two years um, in the league. He's going into year three. And this is a guy in his exit interview, I just remember him saying he just wanted a home. He just wanted to know where he was going to play. He just wanted one position to be able to hone in on and things like that. And if you can remember, and Sam, when Sam Cosby was being drafted in 2021, there were a lot of draft pundits stating that they believed that Sam Cosby was a guard. And a lot of that had to do with his 33-inch arm length. That's the kind of omelet that you see from six foot, six foot one type of corners. And this is a guy that's 6'6", 310 pounds. But I will say, he is an athletic freak. If you guys are a big believer in the RAS, Raw Athletic Score, um, you know, we see a lot of their content throughout the draft season and things like that. Samuel Cosme, out of all the offensive tackles that have been graded since 1987, Samuel Cosme ranked second. Number two, with the RAS score of 9.99, ranking him only behind Taylor Lewan all time. So this is an athletic freak. But some of that athleticism gets neutralized when you're out there on an island with some of the league's best pass rushers who have go-go gadget arms and things like that, who run a 4 5 40. 
when you have these T-Rex arms type um, that Sam Cosby has, when you're out there on the island, and I think that some of his athleticism, we haven't seen it because it's been neutralized playing that right tackle position. I believe everybody that thought that he was a guard coming out of college is completely right because guess what? In my two um, sessions, training camp sessions that I've been in Ashburn, Samuel Cosby has been the best guard on the, I mean, the best lineman on the offensive line, on the starting offensive line unit, and it's not even close. It's not even close. At the guard position, he can really show his athletic prowess because he's moving in the phone book. And he has guys on the inside and outside of him, so he's able to, you know, be in that tight space where, you know, his arm length isn't as, you know, crucial and as essential. He's able to fight in that phone book. And if we see some of the things that Sam Cosby has done throughout camp, he was one of the guys throwing the fisticuffs in that practice that all hell broke loose last Friday. And they said that he body stamped Fedarian Mathis' big ass. Fedarian Mathis is 320 pounds. That was a sight to see. I would have paid to see Sam Cosby body stamped Fedarian Mathis last week. But it shows that he has that nastiness. It shows that he has that grittiness. And, you know, he was always strong in the run game. Sam, Sam Cosby's weaknesses came when he had to pass protect. This guy has always been strong in the run game, and I think that he's going to be able to even show that run game prowess even more at the right guard position. Um, as I mentioned before, one of the practices that I was out there, they were in a screenplay, and it was like him and Nick Gates got out there, uh, and they were sprinting. They were sprinting to the goal line, and both of them guys could move, but you can tell that Sam Cosme is just a different type of athlete compared to Nick Gates. And if you compare him to the offensive guards that we had last year with Trey Turner and Andrew Norwell, where we could not get a screen off because our offensive linemen could not maneuver in space, I think that an offensive lineman like Sam Cosme is perfect for Eric Bieniemy's system. And thus far, that's why his stock is rising throughout the 2023 Commanders camp. Number three, I'm sure if you guys have followed any Washington commander beat reporter, any Washington commander content creator, you guys have heard that De'Ami Brown has been showing up in camp this year. And he's number three on our list because guess what? It's real. And I've seen it. I've seen it with my own eyes. And I was skeptical because if you guys have been long-time Bleeding B&G fans, you know we were hyping De'Ami coming out of Richmond when we saw him baking Kendall Fuller. And then he went on to not do shit in his rookie season. And he's went on to not do shit in his first two years, if we're being honest. But it seems that him working with his old college quarterback and Sam Howe, it seems that the light bulb might have finally gone off. And the old adage is, it takes a while for, you know, college receivers to learn the NFL game. I know we got guys like Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson that have burst onto the scene. But if you ask any receiver coming up in the early 2000s and things like that, or, or any football historian, they'll tell you wide receiver is one of the hardest positions to transition to. And that just might have been the case for Diami. Because he seems to be stacking days. He seems to be uh, stacking consistent days together. You see him beating guys in one-on-ones. You see him beating guys in seven-on-seven and 11-on-11. Like I told you guys when we drafted Sam Howe, now, I don't think that, that they're going to be on this level because I don't think that Sam Howe is going to be able to shine Joe Burrow's shoes. But you see what happens when you bring a, a, a quarterback and receiver pairing from college to the pros. 
Look at the Cincinnati Bengals with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. That's your example right there. And hopefully we can do these some some type some type of those those things that the Cincinnati Bengals have been doing over the past two seasons with De'Ami Brown. This is a guy that was drafted in Jamar Chase's draft class. This is a guy that Chris Sims said coming out of the draft was better than the, uh, Jamar Chase. Now, I always thought that was an asinine take, but De'Ami has some talent. He's explosive. He's a long strider. I don't think he's ever going to give you the most precise routes but he's finally beating people with the deep ball, what they've been telling me that he was going to be doing for three years. He's finally doing that on a consistent basis this year. And if you go back to earlier in the week, there was a question asked if, um, you know, there was a question asked to Coach Rivera if he felt like he needed to keep a big receiver um, because, you know, the tight end room was big. Um, I like, you know, keeping a guy like Cam Sims over the past couple of years and things like that. And Ron didn't necessarily say that he did. And then he mentioned that De'Ami Brown couldn't be that big receiver. And that's something that I always notice. Diami is big for a guy that's a speedster. Maybe that's why his slow 40 time shouldn't have been too surprising. He's more of a long strider and more of a build-up running. And those are some of the reasons why I don't think he'll be he'll ever be the most precise route runner. But if he can beat you on a go ball like he's been doing day after day in training camp. Be in every DV. I've seen him beat Emmanuel Forbes. I've seen him beat Kendall Fuller. I've seen him beat Benjamin St. Juice. If he can keep, if he can keep stacking these type of days together, this might be a potential breakout season for De'Ami Brown. Now, I know earlier in the week they were talking about Curtis Samuel being sidelined and things like that, and the beat reporters mentioned that you know he had, he has stepped out. Um, early in an 11 on 11 session because he was hurting things like that. You, you you don't just find out that you're hurt. You just don't just find out that you're hurt during 11s on 11s. Let me tell you, Curtis Curtis Samuel's probably sitting over there salty because the Army Brown began some of those reps that Curtis Samuel thought he was going to get going into the 2023 training camp. But I'm sorry, Curtis Samuel just hasn't flashed as much as the Army Brown. As I mentioned, Coach Rivera said that they could use him in a big role. And he even mentioned the stat that De'Ami Brown led the uh, nation in contested catch percentage coming out of the draft in the 2021 um, draft. He, he, he was the best contested catcher in the draft coming out. And we saw some of that with, with Carson Wentz with a guy that gave him a chance. You weren't going to get that with noodle-ass arm Taylor Heineke, because he knew he couldn't get the ball to De'Ami. If you look at the games that Taylor Heineke played, De'Ami's targets were damn near zero, because he knew he couldn't get it to him. But pairing him with a college with his college quarterback and a quarterback that not only has the arm talent, but the arm strength to get the ball down there and give him a chance, I think that De'Ami Brown might be poised for a breakout in the 2023 season. Heading into number two, our sole defensive player on the list. Benjamin, St. Juice, cornerback, 6'3", 195 pounds. I think he's about 200 pounds because uh, he looks bigger. He looks bigger. And if you ask anybody on the Washington Commander beat, they're quick to tell you how good Benjamin St. Juice's camp has been. And I saw the two days that I was out there in Ashburn. And I'm excited. I'm excited about Benjamin St. Juice. I really am. Because the coaching staff seems to have a plan for him. They seem to really love him in this slot role. 
right? And I think that he has the physical profile to match up with number one receivers. We saw it last year. We saw him with his battle with, with Justin Jefferson. We saw him battle A.J. Brown. We saw him damn near shut down A.J. Brown in the second meeting. He has the skills. At 6'3", 200 pounds, this is the guy that had the best three-cone shuttle of all the cornerbacks when he was coming out of the draft in the 2021 season. Or the 2021 draft, excuse me. And I think that that's one of the reasons why um, they like him in the slot because he poses a big threat uh, that can move quickly laterally from side to side and might just be too physically imposing for a lot of slot receivers. And then he also has the capability of matching up with tight ends in the slot and things like that. But I think that Benjamin St. Juice is going to be our Swiss Army knife on the defense. I, I, Kendall Fuller, you better count your days, my boy. Because while Emmanuel Forbes did not make this list, he seems to have already locked down one of the starting positions at the outside cornerback position. And if Benjamin St. Juice keeps coming on the way that he's coming on, I see a future where in a base defense where you're running only running out two corners with Benjamin St. Juice and Emmanuel Forbes as your boundary corners. Now, when you go to nickel, I don't mind sliding in St. Juice and then having Kendall Fuller play that other boundary corner. Like I said, I think that Benjamin St. Juice is going to be Weapon X, the Swiss Army knife for this defense. And I'm excited to see it. And we're also forgetting Benjamin St. Juice was not a first-round pick, so he's only on a four-year deal. So he's essentially playing because next year will be a contract year. So these are when these guys that, you know, year three, year four, these are when these guys that weren't first-round picks start to show themselves because guess what? They're looking for that back. And I don't see any reason why Benjamin St. Juice can't be a top half of the league DB by the season's end. With his ability to play not only in the inside and the outside, hopefully he's able to match up with the slot receivers like the coaching staff is envisioning. I don't think he's going to have any problem with a lot of the tight ends. I'm excited about Benjamin St. Juice's prospects for the 2023 season. That's why he's number two on our list for commanders whose stocks have risen during the 2023 training camp. And number one. Who you guys think it is? Number one on our list is running back Brian Robinson Jr. 6'1", 225 pounds. And like I told y'all when I was there in Ashburn, Brian Robinson was the best player on the field. Offense, defense. Yeah, the defense was dominating. But as far as mano y mano, the best Single player that was on the field that day, it was Brian Robinson Jr. by a long shot. This is a guy that took over the lead rushing role last year after being shot. After being shot. Scratch that. He had already did it before being shot in the preseason. He came in and took that position straight off Antonio Gibson. His stock had rose then. Then he got shot. And guess what? He's building his stock back up again. 
Because if I mentioned in previous episodes, I I didn't necessarily see the burst that I saw from um, Brian Robinson in the preseason once he returned from, you know, the shooting and things like that. But guess what, baby? It was there the last couple of practices I've been out in Ashburn. And if you look at Brian Robinson's rushing numbers over the course of a 17-game season last year, he was on pace for 1,300 yards. But I think... And fantasy football players, fantasy football owners, open up your ears for this one. I think that Brian Robinson has the capability of giving you a top five running back in the league production this year. I don't see any reason why he can't go over 1,600, 1,700 all-purpose yards. We're hearing day after day how he's catching passes out the backfield. He's making these toe-tap sideline catches. Shit that we just did not know he had in Alabama because he just simply did not do it. But I saw his hands the couple of days that I was out there in Ashburn catching tight window throws. I'm like, who is this guy? I already mentioned in previous episodes how he's transformed his body, so you know he locked, he's locked in. Brian Robinson is a lean, mean running machine. And speaking of being a lean, mean running machine... One of the reasons why I think that Brian Robinson Jr. is going to break out this year is because not only what he's done in camp, I don't think that Ron Rivera necessarily wants to have Sam Howell throw the ball 35 times. So I think that we're going to be running the ball or not. Not that archaic-ass bullshit we were talking about in January, that 2-to-1 ratio, but I think that we do want to limit, you know, Sam Howell's, you know, passing attempts, limit the amount of decisions, crucial decisions that he has to make. So I do think that Sam's going to throw for somewhere around 23 to 25 times a game, which is not a lot. So guess what? The ball got to go somewhere else. And that's where Brian Robinson comes to play. They say that he's, he's, he's catching everything out the backfield. I've seen it a couple of times. He caught about four. He had about four spectacular catches in the two days that I've been out there in Ashburn. And they seem to really be working him up the seam route. Let me not say too much. Let me not be like these other content creators is giving you every trick play out there in the book. Let me let me let me zip my let me zip it. Let me zip it. But for all my fantasy football players and my fantasy football owners out there, draft Brian Robinson Jr. I'm here to tell you now on August 9th, 2023. So when you win that championship in January, just come back and be like, damn, Jalen, you told me so. You told me so. Because Brian Robinson Jr. is going to be the offensive player of the year for the Commanders in 2023. Thus, his stock rising during the 2023 training camp. So that'll do it for this episode of the Bleeding BNG Podcast. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Let me know what you think. You guys, I know you guys, the faithful, the Commanders faithful, you guys have been checking out the you know, beat and things like that. Who you guys are thinking standing out? Who you guys excited to see on Friday? You know, check out the social media pages, Instagram, Twitter. Our Instagram is down there, down there, I believe, right there, right there. And then, or check us out on X, excuse me. Uh, I'll get it down one day. Twitter, X, we're going to call it X. Check us out on X, at X, at Bleeding BNG, B-L-E-E-D-I-N, B-N-G. If you're checking us out on audio-only platforms like Apple Podcasts or Spotify, be sure to leave a rating. Be sure to leave a review. Let's finesse these algorithms. And if you're checking us out on YouTube, as I said at the beginning of the video, be sure to like, be sure to comment, be sure to subscribe. We're almost at 1K. And I got a special giveaway 
at 1K. So don't play. Listen to what I got to say. And I'll check in on you guys later. Peace.